whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here. Quick question, who among us has ever gotten mad at God because you asked him for something and he didn't give it to you? Okay, so real question, who among us has not gotten mad at God because you asked him for something and he didn't give it to you? Uh, the tough ones sometimes are, uh, well, always. God answers yes according to his will. It says in First Corinthians, in Christ, God's answer to all of his promises are yes and amen. So we have this thing that says if we pray according to God's will, and we're walking in faith. Those of us who walk in faith, when we pray according to God's will, we're going to get it, right? We're going to get it. And so it's it's frustrating sometimes because when we know that God is planning to give us something and we claim it and we're trying to have faith and then we don't see it, it's like, what, is God a liar or something? Well, and of course God isn't a liar. Some of us think that. I mean, there may be somebody listening to this that's questioning whether or not God really does keep his promises because there's been a lot of pain and that's not supposed to happen, right? Well... Here's the thing. God does always answer. God does always answer yes to those things that are in his will. God doesn't always answer in the way that we expect. Sometimes God answers really weirdly. Really weirdly. Like heaven forbid, when we pray for patience, let's have the courage to pray for patience. But I tell you, usually something will try your patience because when you're asking for patience, that's something you got to earn. That's something you got to cultivate. If you're asking for a crop, then there's got to be breaking of the soil. You know, so sometimes that journey to get the thing we need gives us a lot of stuff we don't want. And then there are those times and... Uh, I'm thinking about that this weekend where let's say we pray for healing and it's a really godly person and it's somebody with great faith and it's somebody who's been doing their best to take care of their body and you pray for healing and then they pass. To have the faith to say, well, that person knew the Lord, they did get healing. It's tougher when we know, okay, I don't think that person did know the Lord. I think that person, I loved this person. They rejected God their entire lives. Where's the healing there? They just, they died and I'm not so sure they went somewhere better, you know? Not that we can judge hearts, but I'm about to leave town today to go to a funeral of someone who I am absolutely sure won the war against cancer. Uh, close to 20 years ago, she won it in her body. Um, and that was to our benefit. We got a couple more decades with her. Uh, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks back, she wanted in her spirit, which is to her benefit because now she gets to be with Jesus. And even as we mourn her passing, we can celebrate where she passed to and who she was to us, the gift that she was to us while um, she was on earth. But it's still hard because she suffered. I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, her daughter is one of my best friends, and I'm really grateful for the witness of her daughter. Um, who even amidst all of this just has a faith and says, you know, my mom knew the Lord. 
she's out of pain. Of course we're going to miss her. Of course it's going to be hard, but we're grateful that she's in heaven right now. We're grateful for the time we had with her. And that's wonderful. And it's a beautiful witness. And sometimes it takes a little longer for us to get there, especially when we don't quite know what God's doing. Sometimes God gives us glimpses, but sometimes he's a complete mystery. Uh, Sometimes it's like, it feels like, yeah, God, you did the opposite of what I asked for. And I asked for a good thing. But really, he, he's doing it, just maybe not the way we see. I want to give you probably the greatest example of God answering a prayer in possibly the exact opposite way that most people expected. And that's, of course, in the person of Jesus Christ, who was the Messiah, anointed one, the one who had an oil point on his head. And I, I talked about this in my post yesterday. You pour oil on people's head to signify how God's calling them apart for a special purpose. Generally prophet, priest, or king. And Jesus, in Jesus' uh, example, it was all three. And right before this passage, which we usually talk about on Palm Sunday, where he goes into Jerusalem, right before that, somebody does pour oil over his head, pour oil over his feet, very expensive oil, something that's worth almost um, a year's pay, 300 days pay. You take out Sundays, that's um, pretty much a year's pay. And he was like, yeah, she's anointing me. But the other time you anoint someone is for death. So when they talked about the anointed one, they talked about, they were thinking of this great victor like King David, who's going to come and take back Jerusalem from the Romans. And we're going to have a mighty, powerful nation. And we're going to rule ourselves and nobody's going to mess with us. And all the Romans are going to be kicked out and it's going to be victorious. And that's always going to save us, right? Um, But they didn't realize that his anointing was also an anointing of prophet, of a priest, of a king, but also one of death. So I want to just uh, look at that. Death. How would death save us? Well, of course we know now. Um, He didn't fight the sinner. He fought the sin. If he fought the sinner, he might have looked good and had a couple of years of peace. He fought the sin, which changed eternity for countless people. I'm glad he chose the right battle. I don't know about you. But let's let's look about look at this John 12 12 through 19 new revised standard version Jesus has just been in Bethany and Mary has poured expensive oil made of nard over him and anointed him and he was saying this is an anointing for death because you anointed burials and the probably at that point the disciples are going to say what this is our this is our savior here right and, you know Yeshua uh, we say Jesus now in Greek, but Yeshua, Joshua means the Lord saves. And if you look at it historically, Joshua in the Old Testament um, was one of the most mighty warriors. I mean, he just went and they knocked down nation after nation after nation after nation after nation. And he was possibly the strongest leader in Israel's history. There's a couple other good ones, but he's definitely, I'd say, top five. Um, in fact, he was such a strong leader that at the end of Joshua, it said for his lifetime and the entire lifetime of the people that were after him, the nation of Israel follow the Lord. That's some strong leadership. We have a lot of people that during their lifetime, there's several during their lifetime, people follow the Lord, but then after them, they just lost it. So he was a good enough leader that people weren't just listening to him. They were listening to his influence and he helped them to be pointed to God. So really a long, um, just legacy of love and faithfulness there. And this is the word Yeshua. This is the name that Jesus, that Jesus was given. And it means the Lord saves. 
So they're thinking of, you know, just like with Joshua, the triumphal entry into Jericho and knocking down the walls and, you know, knocked battle after battle after battle. And then also King David, that king um, who just established the borders of Israel beyond what it ever had been after that. I mean, between David and Solomon, nobody after them ever had Israel's borders so wide and so large. So this is where we're at. Um, and this is verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival the day after his anointing, (laughs) heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. This is um, an Old Testament prophecy. So uh, I'm trying to think if they have this at the bottom. They don't. Uh, This is an Old Testament prophecy that's coming to be. Oh my goodness, I have to sneeze. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Say, so oh, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the king of Israel. So they really think he's going to establish himself as king. There's another play on words here. Jesus and Hosanna don't sound very similar, but they're actually coming from the same word. Uh, Hosanna and Yeshua. Yeshua is the Lord saves. Hosanna is save us. So they're doing a play on his name. They're like, the Lord saves, so save us. The Lord saves, so save us. You're the one God has chosen to save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord the king of Israel forever. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. And this is in Zechariah. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Okay, so this should be easy, right? God said in the Old Testament through multiple prophets that I'm going to anoint somebody who will come and who will reign. And they remembered these things. Sitting on a donkey, your king is coming. Okay, so he's going to be a king. He's going to be a king. They said this, so obviously he's going to overtake him. Now he, they, he's going to save us. So we're obviously praying according to his will, saying, your name is the Lord saves, so come save us, right? And he's on a donkey, so he has to be a king. He has to be like a physical real king, right? All these things make sense because of prophecies. Of course, they forgot the prophecies about the suffering servant, how he'd be led like a lamb to slaughter. They forgot all those things. They just remembered this is somebody who's going to save us. And this is somebody who's going to establish his kingdom and be a king. How often do we do that? We read something in scripture or we hear something from God and what we hear is correct. But then we try to help God out by interpreting what we think it means. And we're going, okay, God, you said you're going to do this. So do it like this and do it like this. And um, unfortunately, that happened a lot in recent elections, no matter whose side you thought you were on or whatever as a person. Okay, God, you said you're going to give healing to our land. So this person's going to win and this is going to happen. And this is, God didn't say that, you know, God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. He did not say, this is the name of the person who's going to win the election. You know, and so I'm not saying that God didn't talk to people personally and give them names. I I'm not judging that. What I'm saying is sometimes I think people heard from God and maybe they did hear a name. Maybe they didn't. But sometimes we hear from God and we interpret what we think that means. When we hear from God, there's going to be a savior. Um, there's going to be a king. Um, he will rule. He will sit in a donkey. We go, okay. So of course that means also he's going to overthrow the people that we don't like and the things that we don't like. And we're going to, it's going to look the way we think. Just like when God when we hear God's promise of healing and then someone passes on into heaven, we don't like that. 
we always like that. Sometimes, sometimes we can be at peace with it if they're older, but particularly when they're younger, we don't always like that because God doesn't answer the way we want, right? So here's what it says next. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. Not funny that not even the disciples got it. The disciples, and Jesus, Peter had said earlier on, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God, you're going to save Israel. You're gonna, he already said that, but Peter didn't get it either. If they got it, they wouldn't have fled. They wouldn't have been afraid if they really felt like God's got this, you know, or at least they wouldn't have fled in fear. They, they wouldn't have let their fears rule them because they would have known the truth. And the truth was standing right in front of them, you know. Jesus said, I'm going to die three times in one of the Gospels. Maybe more than that, but the Gospels note three times. Jesus said in the passage right before this, the day before he came to Jerusalem, she's anointing me for death. The prophet said Jesus would be a suff they have multiple passages in the book of Isaiah that said there'd be a suffering service servant he'd be led like a sheep before sh to slaughter and as a sheep before shears a silence like a lamb to slaughter he he wasn't even going to defend himself he wasn't even going to open his mouth so they thought he was coming in to conquer Rome and he was coming in to surrender to allow himself to be conquered he w they thought he was coming in To bring life and victory to them and he was coming in to surrender to death what a downer right <laughs> i can't imagine any of us being that much more wrong about what we think god's about to do in the immediate future <laughs> we say god's gonna establish israel oh wait jesus is gonna establish israel oh wait no he's gonna die and he's gonna heal my friend Maybe he will. I'm not saying that God doesn't do exactly how we ask. Sometimes. Not always, because he's smarter than us, and we don't usually know exactly what to ask for. But in those times, we're expecting this big, great, and grand miracle, and then we, it seems like we're getting the opposite. Take heart. That might be part of the greater victory. It very likely is. It says here the disciples didn't understand. They didn't understand what was happening. It's after he died and was risen again and was glorified. And probably for the most part until a few days later at Pentecost when the Spirit gave them understanding. You may not be graced with an understanding of what you're going through right now. That may not be something that God's given you yet because he's teaching you how to walk in faith and allowing you to exercise your faith muscles. You may feel like I asked for one thing and God gave me the exact opposite and Lord, I'm trying to be faithful. Keep being faithful. It will work out. <laughs> I would say this thing with Jesus worked out pretty well. And I would say with certainty it made a whole lot of a better impact than if he would have done it if he would have done things the way people told him to. So do you just want God to do things the way you tell him to? To act according to your understanding so that you can feel good about it right now? Is that the kind of faith you have? Is that the kind of faith I have? God, you have to do it how I say it, when I say it according to my timeline, because otherwise you must not be good. Let's be honest. We go there, don't we? Or 
Are we going to have that faith that says, God, I know you're good. I don't understand. You're allowed to be frustrated. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be honest. But God, you're good. And I look in the past and see how you've worked out things that seemed horrible. And the very thing I thought was you saying no was part of your ongoing yes. That thing that I thought was a failure was part of a greater victory. You know, God's good at that. Do you trust him? Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for all the times that I've bellyached. I'm not going to say I never do it now, God, for those days, those mornings, those moments when I just bellyache and I say, I know you can take it, God, but when I'm like, what are you doing, God? I've been faithful. And where I get so entitled and I get so all about me as if I have any idea what's going on, Lord. Today, right now, I just want to confess that you're in control. Today, right now, I know that you're bigger than our faults. I know that you're bigger than our weaknesses. I thank you that we're allowed to come to you in our weakness and even say the wrong things, but just be honest and you can, you can work with that, God. And thank you, Lord, for all the things that are so far beyond our understanding. Thank you for not always giving us what we want, but giving us what your will is, Lord. Help us to pray according to your will, to be grateful according to your will, and to follow you, Lord. And Lord, if it be in your grace today, and I know this is according to your will, Lord, but if it be in your grace to just show us glimpses today of how our struggles, things we would never have asked for, things that have gone against our requests, have led to your greater glory and our greater good, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would increase our faith by showing that to us today. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. Thank you.